Good morning. We're so blessed that uh, you're able to be with us. And uh, I want you to know that uh, last week we had over uh, 300 of you contact us, our, contacted RBM. And, uh, and we are just blessed that you have joined us, uh, and which is going to be about uh, a total of six to 10,000, between there, six, seven, 8,000 a year of new people who come from all over the world and from especially America checking our website and listening to these studies. I want to share with you about what Melchizedek said to Abraham when Abraham came out of the war and what he said. And it simply says, Abraham returned from defeating Kilodomar. So I'll begin the reading of scriptures with uh, uh With my sister, uh, Emily, okay? Go ahead, Emily. Verse 17. Genesis 14, 17. After Abram returned from defeating Kedolomer and the kings allied with him, the king of Saddam came out to meet him in the valley of Shove. 7:18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. Verse 20, Andy Hines. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Go ahead, Emily, verse 21. The king of Saddam said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. Verse 22. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, With raised hand I have sworn an oath to the Lord, God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. Verse 24. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me to Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them have their share. The focal point of this morning Bible study is to understand the power of the blessing. A blessing is something that uh, is repeated all over the altars and if you are a priest a pastor you simply just go and you say God bless you but as a as an evangelist I have taken that approach as a weak approach because the blessing is not something uh, that is said without understanding of what it is In other words, when you come into the environment where people are being prayed for and you say, I bless you, uh, that is perhaps a desire that you have to go further, but you don't know how. And that's where we are this morning. Uh, Notice that Melchizedek wanted the tithe to be made out of the people who Abraham defeated. There There were several kings in this valley of, uh, of Shavet, which is the King's Valley. And the King's Valley is uh, close to Shechem. 
And if you look at the Israel's map, it's right uh, in the middle uh, of the map where you find the time when this took place. And so, if you look carefully on this scripture, it's when Melchizedek saw Abraham and uh, he brought bread and wine, which is a, a symbol of Christ. Bread and wine is what we take communion. And so, notice that uh, it's an induction of the Holy Spirit telling everybody that was around Abraham that there is a priest in our midst. And so Melchizedek did what a normal priest does, which is dealing with people. You keep the spoils, Abraham. Give me the people. And Abraham responded, uh, uh, saying, Abraham said to the king of Solomon, which is Melchizedek, With raised hand I have sworn an oath unto the Lord. So the reason why he didn't take the spoil is premeditated. What is it that is in the head of Abraham when he saw Melchizedek simply coming to him and, uh, and, uh, and wanting the, the people, the, the, the spoils he wanted to be of the people that have been conquered by Abraham? So look, it says, it's, I raise, With ray hands I have sworn an oath unto the Lord. Meaning that Abraham already had made up his mind in the presence of God that the idea here is that the spoils be given, but not the people. That's very important when you deal with blessings because the blessing of God and when you say, I bless you, has to do with people and not, and not money. Look at this. That I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a strap of sandal, so that you will never say, be able to say, I made Abraham rich. Meaning, I already made up my mind as I conquered all these kings in, in, in this valley of, uh, 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 of, of the valley here is made out of uh, what is the name of the valley by the way is the valley of uh, Shavak S-H-A-V-E-H Shavak and so he brought all of those kingdoms with him and uh Obviously, the spoils were great. But Abraham was rich already with gold and silver and cattle. He had thousands and thousands of had of cattle. And with Abraham, there was a, a small army of uh, 10, 20, 30,000 people. That's when we say Abraham, we're referring to a lot of people. Matter of fact, when Abraham came and brought Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, they had to split themselves because... The land was just overwhelmed with people in tents everywhere. Nobody knew who was from Lot. Nobody knew who was from Abraham. So they divided. One took the east, the other took the west, so they could have their own space. But I want to call your attention of why did Abraham simply said to uh, uh, Melchizedek, uh, nobody, you won't be able to say I made you rich. It's because Abraham considered the blessing a personal, physical human being receiving from him. So we're talking about the the word uh, "I bless you," and uh, I don't know where that is here, but let me take a look and I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, see, bless be Abraham by God Most High, and He blesses Abram. 
What do you mean? I bless you. What does it mean? I bless you. To Abraham, there was something in his mind. He knew that the blessing of has to be between... In other words, you don't bless money. You bless the people who have money. There's an order. You don't bless the tithe. You bless the one who provides the tithe. And so, when Abraham rescued Lot and his family from the hands of Shalodomire and all his empire and other kings in the area against Abraham, God rescued Lot from their hands and defeated them all. So Abram received the promise from God much earlier. And that's when he considered the blessing to be between a person and another person instead of a person and the money or the cattle or, or physical things. So the blessing for Abraham here as he shares this with raised hands sworn unto an oath to the Lord that he will not bless things. He'll bless the people. I want you to listen to this very carefully because you see telling somebody you bless them has to be more than just a simple statement. You can't bless anybody until you have a revelation. So let's take a look. Verse 15, Genesis 15, uh, uh, it's uh, all the way to, I'd say, uh, to verse 5. So, John, would you go Genesis 15, verses 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Meaning that my relationship with you carry content, carry foundation. I am your shield, your very great reward. See, what God is saying to us this morning is that He is our reward, not the money that we have. He is our shield. He is our... So there's several things. Do not be afraid, shield, and reward. Do not be afraid, shield. I'm your shield. I'm your very great reward. So what is that God is saying here to Abraham right from the beginning? That all your sustenance, all your provision, all your goodness, all your money, all your houses, all your cattle, okay, is something that God fulfills and ordains. But He is simply saying to you this morning that to relate to people is more important. So God speaks to Abraham and not all the cattle that He had. Are we communicating? When you bless somebody, it cannot be a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Verse 2. Go ahead, Emily. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? In other words, the servant of the house. So right away, okay, after the Lord says, I'm your great reward, Abraham moves toward Where's my child? Notice again, the blessing here is about a human being. Abraham is saying, listen, uh, (laughs) sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? So Abraham is about 90 years old and Sarah there in the desert on a tent, cattle everywhere, people everywhere. Abraham was the leader, the patriarch of the church. And he is simply saying, I don't have a hair. Verse 4. And Abraham said, 
You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Okay. How about four? Verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Okay, verse verse four. Now, in other words, God is telling Abram that it's not going to be from Elysier of Damascus, the one that took care of the house and handled all the dealings and all the cattle and all the employees and all the bills and the budget for the week. What he's saying is, God will provide an heir. Notice again that the blessing is related to people instead of animals, instead of what they had, thousands of cattle. Now what does verse 5 says, Andy? He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Well, in other words, I want to show you what I'm going to do for you. That is much greater than how many cattle you have. So look at the top, the sky. And the sky must have been a beautiful day with a wonderful sky. Uh, light in the skies and the stars. You know, just a starry night. When you go outside of my condominium, I walk at night a little bit just to get to sleep. And the sky, the sky is filled with the stars. Because there are no large trees where I am. Uh, I, I am uh, in a flat area. And I, as I look to the stars, uh, God was saying the same thing to Abraham. You're going to have descendants like the stars in heaven. And so Abraham saw a child more important than wealth. He wanted a son to carry his faith. And what I'm saying to you, that's what the blessing is all about. When you see Melchizedek receiving in Jerusalem, Abram and all his entourage, he blesses Abraham. He says to him, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And that's very important. Because the blessing carries content. Blessed, and he blesses it. Blessed be Abram by Most High God, Creator of heaven and earth. So the blessing here is greater than the physical things that Abraham carried. And so Abram corrected Melchizedek and said, I'm not going to give you my, the people that I conquered, all the kings, you know, I can't do that. But you can have the spoils and take care of my generals and help them. So, so the first statement that I want to share with you, I'm going to read it to you so you can begin to sort of get what we're talking about. The concept of a blessing is based on those that comprise your inheritance. It's impossible to bless anybody if you haven't blessed your children. Many, many years ago, I'm talking about, oh, I'd say 20 years ago, there was a baby in, in Macon, Georgia. And, uh, and, and so I went to for a camp here south of, south of us. I think it's called uh, 4-H Club. And after the meeting was over <coughs> that I had to preach there, 
My son, I told my son Rick to kneel down on the side of the road behind his car, my car. And I blessed him. Well, in return, God gave Rick two sons, a daughter and a son. Right now, Mary Jane is an anointed young lady. Right now, Harrison is a praise leader that had his first participation on a praise uh, 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 worship in the city of Auburn, Georgia. Auburn Community Church. And my, my grandson took his guitar there and prayed, played praise and worship. See, that's part of the blessing that took place 15 years ago. And so, the concept of a blessing is based on those who comprise your inheritance. Children, people. Abraham saw the spoils as persons more important than gold. I want you to... That's the first thing about knowing how to bless anybody. If you understand how the blessing comes from and how you interpret it. Biblically, that's, that's interpreta- that interpretation nobody can say is wrong because it's repeated everywhere. Amen? Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to the second point of our Bible study. Number two, the blessing is used today as a verbal encouragement instead of a demonstration of God's goodness. In other words, when you don't know how to pray, you usually tell people, God bless you. That's an indication you are a little bit off key and you haven't had nothing to share and you need to grow in that area. And I'm speaking to leaders, I'm speaking to pastors, I'm speaking to people who have a place in the life of the church. And I want to say to you that if you have nothing to say but I bless you in the name of Jesus, it shows that you really, you have to learn something. Abraham saw the child more important than wealth. And so, when there is no revelation, you pronounce the words, God bless this person. It is the least you can say to anyone. When it is a real blessing, there is revelation such as a word of knowledge. Let me, let me say to you, uh, I met a, a lady in my office sometime this last month. And as she sat down, the Lord took me to a place in her life at a certain age in which everything fell apart. Her mother, her marriage. And I was able to minister to her and bless that which God was going to do in her. But I had to have a revelation to her to start. And so after the meeting was over, she received healing and deliverance. And from what I understand, these days, uh, this last month, she's acting normal. She's acting, she's empowered. She's acting common sense. She's buying her groceries. She's leaving the house. Depression is broken through. And she is living finally after so long. Now, why did that happen? It's because before I told her I blessed her, I went in into her past by the Holy Spirit revelation and everything took place and she's free. You see, without revelation, there's no blessing. Without revelation, there's no blessing. You cannot bless anyone until God reveals to you where you're going to bless them. So I'm going to say it again. 
to say I bless you, it's an empty statement. Because you have no revelation to say that. So, does that change your theology about blessing? I hope it does. Because God is, is powerful. Look, when God said to, when God said to, uh, to Abram, I'm your, I am your shield, your very great reward. He's simply saying that when I'm about to do something, it's going to be done well. There's power in my blessing because it has content. I hope that you'll be able to hear that. That puts you into a place to where you won't say I bless you until you hear from God. If you hear from God and there's a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, then it's going to be done. Are you hearing me? So let's go to Proverbs 3.10. John. It's right there on page number four. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. In other words, a mouth that is not able to receive from God can't bless anyone. Now, I started doing this 40 years ago. I will not say a word until I hear from the Lord. If I hear from the Lord, then I'll say it. But if I don't hear from the Lord, I'm not going to say anything. It's because it's from my flesh. Let's go to uh, Romans 15, 28. Uh, Emily. So after I've completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. Then, what does it say on verse 29? I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. What is the full measure of the blessing of God? It is impregnated with revelation from the Holy Spirit. That is why Paul was so blessed in his ministry. That is why when he prayed for someone or anointed someone, or bless someone, there were unbelievable fruits. You know, for instance, we are about to go to Greece and visit the seven churches of Revelation in February 2023. When Paul began to annoy people, and one of the little places we're going is a place called Tatara. Uh, there's another name now uh, in Greece. Uh, in Turkey, of course, not, not, not another name. Tatar is in Turkey, next to Ephesus. And, uh, and Paul met a woman that's from Tatar, Lydia. She, uh, she worked with cloth and, and put cloth inside of a big cauldron and put chemicals there to make it blue-purple uh, uh, cloth. And the Lord met her as she is seeking the God at the river outside of, of, uh, of Tatara or where they were. And suddenly, Telia, Lydia is converted. Now, he could have prayed and anointed all of the pots full of cloth. She was a, a she did what, John? 
Her job was to do what? Well, paint, paint cloth. Diet. Diet. Yeah. She was. She diet the clothing, and uh, Abram could. Ab- I mean, Paul could have just gone around and anointed all the cowards, all the heat, and all of that. But he blessed the woman. Say it again. A blessing is directly related to a person, never anything. Now, can you bless a building? Yes. But you're not blessing a building. You're taking authority over what Satan wants to do in that building. You reprimand darkness. It's a question of deliverance. But when he comes to pray for you, the blessing of God is impregnated with a lot. The full measure of Christ. Think about that. That a blessing. He says, I'm going to... Let me read again. So after I have completed my task, I have made sure that I have received this contribution. He's he's delivering money, just like we do. (laughs) You know, John, we go to Peru, we deliver money to each church, 54 churches. Now we're going back to to Cuba, and we're going to do Ciego de Vila, and then we're going to go to Malbec and bring the money that we're saving to give to the people of God in, in, in Peru, in Cuba. Then in September, in May this year, this year, we're, we're sending Cindy Walker, uh, at, and she's going to get the, the secretary of the bishop, and they're going to the northern state, and they're going to bring money to help uh, Pastor Wilbur finish the sanctuary. Okay? So, I don't bless the money that she's bringing. I bless the person, what's her name? Cindy Walker. In Carmen, the secretary of the bishop, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So Paul is referring to, now what is the measure, the full measure of the blessing of God? It's the, it's the appearance of signs and wonders. Because when you look at Jesus, signs and wonders is what he actually displayed in the three and a half years with us in the Lake of Galilee and all over Jerusalem, all over Israel. Full measure of the blessings of Christ is nothing else but the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have a problem with the Holy Spirit, have a problem with any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you can't bless anybody. I've been trying to tell you that you don't have to have anything that I'm saying to you in terms of the gifts. But eventually you're going to have, because the way God operates is by the Holy Spirit. So to know how God operates by the Holy Spirit tells you how what you're doing. It's understanding the move of God before you uh, 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 go anywhere else. Okay. Let me read the third and final uh, statement, okay? And I, I want to go back here and read the first two. Can somebody read the first one for me? Go ahead. Go ahead, Emily. The first, the first one. It says, the concept of the blessing is based on those who comprise your inheritance. Children, people. Abram saw the spoils as person more important than gold. That's the first one. The second one is this. The blessing is used today as a verbal encouragement instead of a demonstration of God's goodness. And now let's go back to the third. The next one. The real blessing of God comes in the form of a prophetic statement. It fits the person's need. Look. It adjusts by the Holy Spirit 
to fulfill every need in priority. For instance, you ask for a car, God gives you a job. You can't have a new car without a new job in order to make more money to pay for the car. In other words, there's a priority in God. And so, number three is the real blessing of God comes in the form of a prophetic statement. You speak that into being by saying it. I hope you are understanding this. Let's read Revelations 3.7 for just a moment. Revelations 3.7, what he says? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. A real blessing revealed by the Holy Spirit determines the perfect will of God in your life. And listen, God has the ability to change his mind. When Paul uses the term key of David, he's referring to the authority given by his inheritance to fulfill the kingdom of God as he goes to Calvary. You have to understand a blessing as an extension of the cross as an extension of the resurrection. The blessing of God is not something you contour and, and come up with your mind and say, I bless you. Uh, you it's like a gun sh- shooting without uh, direction. Just boom, 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 shooting everywhere. When the Holy Spirit moves, is the mind the fulfillment of the intent of the Holy Spirit to act in order to fulfill God's will. And God's will is no joke. It's not something you sort of put together with glue and expect to create a ministry. Amen? Amen. Good. We'll start again tomorrow and finish this Bible study. The Lord bless you.